Welcome to Beyond the Field Podcast, your weekly dose of finance, property, and epic people doing epic things powered by the team at Money Empire. Get informed and entertained with the coolest cats in the business. Welcome. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, 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 hang on there. <laughs> Welcome back to Beyond the Field. I'm running the ship today. My name's Goran Lonka. I've got Sanj the Silver Fox next to me. Hello, hello. Isanasi, well, how uh, are you, gentlemen? Very well, Garlonka. I'm tired. I'm tired after watching the ABs last I night. I was what just going to say, can we have a quick word on this? Because um, I didn't watch the game. Did you watch the game, Isa? I don't expect that you did. Because no. I know you're a rugby fanatic. No. And you don't even like talking about it anyway. Yep. But did you watch the game? I did. I got home a bit late from the pub. And uh, the TV was on and watched uh, watched the uh, All Blacks. What a game Wait, it was. Hang on, hang on. You got home from the pub. Oh, I had a meeting oh, at the pub. Okay, yeah, nice. And what happened at the end there, the last minute? Yeah, well, my rugby knowledge is not that flash, but um, what I saw was probably a little bit harsh on the, uh, the old wobblies. Okay. Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah. And, um, penalty. Time yeah, wasting, the penalty. scrum, yeah, yeah. they score, yeah, win yeah. the game. Yeah, he did call it, but I thought it was a bit harsh, but... We'll take the win. Andrew Mertens was commentating um, for Fox Sport in Australia. 70 tests for the All Blacks, over 200 first-class games. Absolute legend in the game. He said in his whole career he has never seen that rule be enforced. Yeah. Oh. Neither have I in my, my rugby career. You know, no, Sarge, uh, 9 for 32 out of uh, Victoria Park cricket. Um, he hasn't seen that rule <laughs> in rugby either. Um, uh, but, yep, very odd rule. It's one of those ones in the, uh, in the rule book that has just never been played. And for what controversial time of a game to pull it phenomenal okay mm. let's get to it eh? we're discussing a couple of things today let's start off obviously with uh, the passing of our beloved queen um what we want to talk about today is quickly just have a little discussion around what this means from a head of state perspective what this means for um global banking if we're going to change our notes if we're going to change our coins is the king going to come on to them? What's going on? He said, just quickly. Oh, look, my, um, you know, what, what a phenomenal reign she had. Um, imagine meeting three million plus people in your in your lifetime, first of all. That's just absolutely phenomenal. They actually think that someone has catalogued the fact that she has met more than three million people. But going through seven decades of change is phenomenal. Um you know, but yeah, from a finance point of view, do does New Zealand change all its notes? Um, do we have a king on the face of the notes? It'll take years. It'll take years It'll for take this years. to actually play out, even if it does play yeah. out. They'll um, face it out, won't they? Surely. They, you can't just chuck notes in there just I'm like that. I'm telling you now, if it's going to cost the country money, don't do it. <laughs> Not the time to do it. Not the time <laughs> Not to do it with inflation no, and no, change. No, no, yeah, Maybe no, it's no. A, a thought on the future that we'll yeah. just see naturally progress yeah. and happen. Yeah, but what we do know... Um, Obviously, they're in 10 days of mourning now, so um, they're actually delayed a couple of announcements in terms of the what they call the, o- the official cash rate over there, which is going to store things even more. They're looking at a recession. Inflation is at an all-time high over there, I think, double digits even. So that's going to put a little bit more strain over there. But I got a nice little name drop to my old friend Alistair McDonald and his old man, the late um, Alan McDonald actually met the Queen um, a while ago. I mean, obviously, he's not a celebrity, but um, I am pleased to say that I have shaken the hand of a man who's shaken the hand of the Queen. How cool is that? That is brilliant. <laughs> my, uh, my beautiful wife um, yes. at the Brains Trust has yes. got a uh, first-hand photo with Prince William. 
2005. Yeah. Is that right? Lions tour to New Zealand. What's he like? He's a great guy. Is he good? We good, stood around. Guy. We big, st- big, big guy. Big, big, big strong guy. guy. Big strong guy. Big guy. Um, now nah, he's a great guy. We just uh, chilled in the aftermatch and had a had a beer with him, and he cool. was just wearing a Lions jacket. So nice. that's my claim to fame around nice. the royalty. Fantastic. Um, with with the Queen passing, um, King's obviously been. Um, what's the word? Thrown? No, not throned. He's not on the throne. Like Game of, n- I don't know what they're sworn really. in. Yes. Are we going to see no, big changes there, or is it just going to be? Sort of just what I find amazing through all of this because my wife has not turned off Sky UK. She follows the Royals a lot. Doesn't she? she loves the Royals. Okay, she yep. loves the Royals. So all of uh, half her family or majority of her family are all uh, British and from England. Yeah. Uh, so she knows a lot about them. But I just thought she was from West Auckland. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what I find phenomenal is yeah. obviously every day that something plays out, there's um, there's tradition. And there's a lot of things to be organised, yet the life of service and what they have to do, these traditions are centuries old, yet it's almost, they're already prepared to do it. And everything that follows and all the traditions are centuries old, yet this is the first time so many people in the world have ever seen it. Um, You know, we might go through this twice. Yeah. You know, in our lifetime, where a lot of people have only seen it once. So it's just a phenomenal thing, that amount of tradition that's built into it. Very interesting. Um, it's actually interesting. I, I, I have a feeling that, well, if the numbers sort of tell a story, this is probably the last time in our lifetime we're going to see a queen. Correct. So the yep. next two or next three could be kings, kings. right? Yeah. Correct. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know the technicalities. Why wasn't her husband the king? Bloodlines. Bloodlines. Oh, bloodlines. Yeah, okay. Bloodlines. He's not, he's not even English, is he? Simple folk like me automatically yeah. think you're married Bob to the queen. <laughs> you're married to the queen, you're a king. No. He was her third cousin. Did you know that? Yeah. Third cousin. Mm, They're no, really no. all incestual sort of thing. But just one more thing around the royal family, and this is quite, quite interesting for me. The first thing that I always think of when I see them wearing those big suits with all the jewellery and the crown, I'm always thinking... The, the beef eater. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. I'm like, how much are those things worth? Yeah, I want to know how much that crown is worth. All the jewelry, the diamonds, the whatever. That but you be. know, you can get all this stuff from the two dollar shop. <laughs> <laughs> May not look exactly the same, but <laughs> so good. Um, moving on quickly, um, we're gonna keep it global. Uh, Russia and the Ukraine invasion and what's happening there quickly and how this affects um, global trade, global economy. Um, at the moment, I, I can't believe this is still happening. What a what a cluster! Oh, I, I can't, this, bu- I can't believe um, that this is still happening and, and that it actually happened. But we do know that the supply and demand is is affected dr- dramatically. Um, I know for a fact that Russia and the and the Russia the Ukraine war is creating massive, huge food shortages because. Um, especially in low-income countries like Africa who suffer from obviously famine and I'm just reading a little quote here Ukraine and Russia account for about a third of the world's wheat Wheat and quarter of barley production not to mention some 75% of sunflower oil supply which is um, all critical commodities to keep humans fed I mean um, that's obviously increased gas prices here with inflation around the world it doesn't help anyone I hope this is resolved quickly what else do we see coming from this how long is it going to last what's what's going to happen here well i don't know about here but i mean what's happening in, in the uk and, and europe by the russians turning the tap off as far as the gas is concerned i mean that's kind of that's having a massive impact on uh, 
people's day-to-day lives right mm-hmm. yeah and, um, and and forget about all that even um, I know it's about seven months into the into this whole war and you're seeing some pictures coming out of CNN and so on and so forth my god that country is in tatters yeah I mean that how long is it gonna take them to get back to where they, not even get back to where they were but to get some sort of a, a, a decent life mm-hmm. For your your normal Joe public, it's going to be horrendous. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. And did you know I came from a war torn country? Yes. Yeah, that was horrible, man. Yep. Like so did I. F- that's right. Yeah. Um, people fearing for their lives. Yep. Um, used to spend a couple of uh, a little bit of time in shelters. We used to help carry sandbags to put on windows so bullets wouldn't fly through. No shit like that. Oh, I didn't have that. Geez, well, I was lucky. Anyway, um, you can't even imagine the atrocities that are going on over there. And it's not only the the financial <clears throat> ruins. It's actually the the state, but people's state of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, kids growing up. It's that's going to be a generations and generations of of young children, adults, and so on, mm-hmm. who's going to pay for this? Not yeah. necessarily, not only uh, financially, but also mentally as well. Yeah. Their day to day lifestyle is going to be changed forever. Yeah, the, totally. Yeah, the geopolitical risks are just phenomenal, yeah, and, and changes are just absolutely phenomenal. I think the World Bank estimates that Ukraine's economy will shrink by a fifty percent throughout the course of 2022 alone and they they, they expect that to the to cost about a hundred billion dollars mm-hmm. in damages uh throughout how this how this war plays out they they estimate it'll cost a trillion dollars to rebuild ukraine from from this so the fallout is just it's not it, it is the immediate it is our generation but it'll be generations that will come that oh, are continuing sorry. to play pay for this History lost. Oh, the history yeah, lost, and as you know, as producer Bailey has, has highly noted. Like, yeah. imagine how how much loss there will go through twenty two yeah. alone. Yeah, and I can see in the media every now and then. Go on, cough. Let Do a little go. cough. There you go. You good? The mysterious deaths of all these businessmen that are coming left, right, and centre in Russia. All of a sudden, you know, being thrown out of windows, which is just, oh my God. A couple of drownings? Yeah. Crazy. Um, How does that affect New Zealand? Obviously, fuel, right? Big time. So, fuel costs and anything else apart from fuel? Oh, look, but it it screws up the whole... Whole, all the trade routes and everything. So there's a flow-on effect around, uh, you know, the world's economy. Of, you know, there was already a stall through COVID. Um, so the timing of it as well, from a global economy point of view, is not great. So there's, it just stalls up all the transport lines and, um, you know, passages of product all around the world, really. Interesting. Um, let's have a quick chat about housing markets around the world and New Zealand and how vice versa impacts each other i know obviously we've been riding on a high for the past two years during COVID, which no one expected it from 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 the get-go but you know we're looking at a big decline at the moment in terms of house prices house values there's a oversupply at the moment and houses are taking longer than usual to sell we're looking at canada um that's just had its biggest monthly decline in the last at least 17 years and markets in Aussie are going down as well. What are we seeing at the moment internationally, guys? Anything? The, th- the thing that I was going to put to you guys is that um, is that any different to 2007, 2008, GFC, and, and a few years after? Well, GFC was just a massive yeah. global financial crisis that That's here right. I, if I believe because I actually wasn't in the finance industry back then but um, all, all the all the finance companies here just just fell, fell, 
through the floor. Yeah, yeah. different different time, different consequences from a different cause. Yep. But I guess uh, globally, um, you know, no one was prepared for COVID, as in no one could predict what the fallout was going to be. Um, you know, in sort of early 2020, uh, how did the world react? Well, the world reacted with super low interest rates to stimulate the economy and a printing of a truck ton of cash. Uh, did they go too far? Well, we're probably seeing that now. So when you look at a, um, if you're taking the housing market in New Zealand alone, and in particular Auckland, um, it was on the track of tr- property doubling every 10 years and has for the last uh, 50 years, yet uh, pr- property increase, property prices increased uh, 35 to 45% alone from 2020 to 2022, which was phenomenal increase in, pr- uh, in, in buying. And, and New Zealand is sort of the poster child of the post-COVID bubble around property. For the world. For the world. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, alongside Canada. Um, up there in Toronto and in particular so the fallout they talk about a soft landing and what does that look like I think we're seeing that play out right now around yep. how it's going to be so you chuck in an increase on interest rates you chuck in inflation and what's playing out now is the type of landing we're yep. going to see play out over the next year yeah I think um, the lesson for other countries is things can move quite quickly yep like mm. in terms of decrease I mean Property values can go up, but they can also go down. And, and you, you just quickly take Australia from yeah. the variable rate or the floating rate. The majority yeah. of mortgages over there are on a variable or floating rate. Yeah. Uh, from that perspective, the loan, they, they jumped late in increasing their interest rates, but now they're rapidly rising. So you think of majority of people in Australia that use the variable rate that has gone up 2%, 3%. You know, that's feeling the pinch immediately with inflation, with the cost of living increasing also. Yeah, shut you. You know, the, you know the biggest issue at the moment um, is that by 2025, this is what the World Bank says, by 2025, which is only three years away, 1.6 billion people are going to face a housing shortage. 1.6 billion people by 2025. That's only three years away. Jesus. So regardless of what happens with interest rates and mm-hmm. everything else, that is not going to be filled <laughs> in three years' no, time. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, all markets are different, right? Yeah. Um, and they all have their own different unique drivers of supply and demand, but there are insights that can be drawn from New Zealand and what has happened in the yep. last two years when the prices have been going up dramatically yep. and now they've just come down. So it's been pretty much a reminder that they can go down as well as up, right? Correct. Yep. You know, Berkshire Hathaway report, uh, Warren Buffett, um, they, they they released a report not long ago and uh, what's interesting is, uh, you know, Warren Buffett's you know, not 90 plus years old now. He said, well, we've been through it before. Yeah. <laughs> just like the Queen has seen a lot of things in the last 70 years, they've been through it before. Uh, winter always comes. So they said, you know, no matter what, we're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. It's just about how we get through it and what are the ramifications. They, they particularly state that what the governments do post or during inflation, they either decide on the easy route or they decide on the long-term future um, outcome after like sort of two years. So what do most governments do? They print a lot more money. Money, yeah. You know, but we've seen how that hasn't actually worked and hasn't actually, has failed over time. And it's either take learnings from it um, and they highlight that, you know, what the governments do and how they play it out has a massive effect on the global economy. My favourite Warren Buffett quote is, price is what you pay, value is what you get. I love that. <laughs> uh, moving on. Issa, tell us a little bit about what's going on in Saudi Arabia and what they are doing there or thinking of doing. 
Well, are is you, it a dream? Is it a pipe dream? Are you talking about the uh, the golf tournament they're doing, the live golf? <laughs> yes. Which, so, is going, which is going really well. Yeah. So, <laughs> Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods are on to a winner. No. So, where we talk about inflation, we've talked about um, uh, global economies and how they're affected. Um, Saudi Arabia have invested $1.1 trillion into becoming the world's biggest construction site. Wow. By 2030. So, okay. so this, and this isn't, this is, they've got six big projects underway already that are well underway. The, uh, Neom is a super city for the future, $50 billion. Um, you think about Dubai, what Dubai was, you know, 20 years ago. Think this is what Saudi Arabia want to do. Uh, King Salman Park, uh, $17 billion. Daria Gate, uh, $20 billion. Uh, the Red Sea Project, $16 billion. Jeddah. Economic City, which is going to be a new financial hub. Uh, they want to make it the new financial hub of the world. That's $30 billion. And an, another airport, I think, that was around $170 billion. This, this is all during this time. People and companies are flocking to get prime real estate in these yeah. areas. So they're building like a Dubai. They're, they're building a new Dubai and they want to take, uh, they want to be the tourist um, epicenter of the world. They want to be the new economic hub of the world. And they've already started a lot of this. So this is already underway, but we're talking about $1.1 trillion <laughs> of investment <laughs> into- Just a cheeky one. Just, a, just a cheeky, cheeky bit of money. And for, for yeah, a population of 34 million. They're, they've got a real vision of, in 2016, they had a vision of what they wanted to do. You know, we are five, five plus years on from there now, six years on, and they're already well underway. So it's phenomenal the amount of investment around construction that goes in there, but they're going to be the new hub come That's 2030. Crazy. I hope it goes well that all the developers and builders don't go under. Oh, no, they're, they're, well, they're well into it. Um, but you think of all of that and then you think of all the um, all the big corporations, the big name brands in the world are already, you know, tying up prime real estate there. Yeah, there's a, there's obviously the other side. Um, you know, they've got a very different start stance on uh, females and culture cultural sensitivity over there. Um, there's a lot of pushback and fight from a lot of corporations. Different laws, around, different, different way of living. Different different way of living. Have any of you guys been there or UAE or anything? And been to Dubai, not to decided now. And Ariads, they call it Ariads Rebirth, but you know, there's there's a very different stance on things. So there's a lot of um, yes, there's a lot of investment. There's a lot of kickback from a lot of communities around the world saying, "Hey, we do not agree with this." Yeah, interesting because I think not long ago they only allowed I think women to get driver's licenses or something like that. It's quite crazy. They they live very prehistoric rules i suppose and all the punishments and stuff that go on for you know crimes that you'd get you know jail time here is a lot different um let's let's talk a little bit about just coming back to new zealand and and the cost of living payment now just remind me quickly this is the payment that you got from the government if you were only earning up to about 70 or 75k and that was automatically given to you is that right you didn't have to apply okay Oh right, okay, cool. People overseas got it. Dead people got it. Yeah, I heard a few pets got it. Actually, this. yeah, I was just going to say I that you don't have to be that. alive either. Oh no, <laughs> another balls up by the government. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's an interesting point, though, because um, I know I know that's quite important to have those 
payments because of the uh, you know, the high inflation it and definitely helps some prices. people are sure. I think so. but does it really um, mm. because are, are they are they paying enough for what do they people get? to well, what do they get there? Uh, $350 spaced across uh, three payments I think it's $116 yeah. each over three payments yeah okay. three payments at all, or what time though uh, it was one August 3rd of September and yeah. so memory a, October monthly so, yep. yeah so is that gonna make a massive difference to someone who can actually I don't know. It's hundred dollars a month. Personally, enough. personally, yeah, I think you'd be quite surprised at how much of a difference that could make. To okay, the, that yeah. makes a big difference yeah. to a lot of people. I reckon. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you tie it down to uh, petrol or diesel, it's the difference of one tank of gas yeah. over the course of a week. Yeah, and, and absolutely. You know, one hundred and sixteen dollars to someone's food shop for that week—that's massive impact. Yeah, massive impact. People out okay. there bloody on ends meet at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, did you want to have a uh, brief discussion about quickly about the recession and how we've dodged it technically, kind of quickly? It's quite interesting. Today I heard, I haven't read this, but I heard that uh, we were supposed to go on to a, a technical recession. Mm -hmm. That was what was uh, predicted mm -hmm. or forecasted rather. Mm -hmm. But um, apparently the GD GDP has um, dropped. No, increased. Increase, sorry. Yeah. 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 So we're not in that technical recession period. So it's good. I guess that's. Uh, that's good news for us. Yeah. And long may it continue. When was the last time we were in a recession? I actually don't know. 2008, obviously. I don't know. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. No idea. Yeah. I mean, what what does that mean though? What's the what's the what is that for day to day living of a person? Does that even matter? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. I've just quickly googled it just for the listeners out there. What is the definition of a recession? Obviously, it's a period of temporary economic decline during which trade and industrial activity are reduced, generally identified by a fall in GDP in two successive quarters. Yeah. So, I mean, have just quickly and tell me your opinions on this personally. Has the country done okay during COVID amidst inflation now and house prices? I mean, are we going to come out of this okay? Or not? I think it's uh, look. Uh, it's never. It's not easy for most people. You know, you, your people in, in middle to low income, they're struggling. People in all sorts of incomes are, yeah. uh, are you know paying the price because of what happened with uh, COVID and so on. Um, but have we come out of it? I don't know whether we've come out of it. But is it as bad as we thought? Um, I don't know. Maybe not. Because to me, no matter what happens in, in government or in rules that they make and all yeah. the stuff that you see in the news, there's always going to be someone who's not happy. Right? Yeah. Oh, they yeah, they totally. can't make everyone no. happy. Look, I'm, I'm sort of, um, maybe this is not fair, but I'm sort of comparing countries like Sri Lanka. Um, they, you know, people have to stand in a queue for hours, six hours to get, you know, fill, fill up their tank with petrol. Um, they don't have food. Uh, people can't have you know, a meal a day. So compared to that kind of stuff, uh, you know, we're not actually not doing that badly. Yeah, yeah, no, well, totally. I think we're doing okay. Oh, look, I think um, you know, if you you always got to look back on history and say, well, what what have we learnt? Um, and I guess um, the RBNZ learnt a lot after the GFC and actually put in a lot of measures um, and controls and restrictions then to actually prepare for this. Um, you know, have the government done enough to sort of implement it? You know, we're, we're continuing to see it's either a yes or no, depending on what side uh, you sit. Um, but ultimately, there were a lot of measures and learnings taken from the past, which as a country and uh, as a whole, 
we're probably in a lot better positions than other countries, as you say. But, um, you know, the real fine details around if we're in a recession or if we aren't um, are really down to percents. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like every day? Kiwis, you know, it's, the, it's, it's what it's, how it's impacting you in the pocket at the end of the day is, is how it actually reflects. Beautifully said, beautifully said. Um, anything else from you two gentlemen? What are you guys up to on the weekend, just quickly, for the listeners? Sarge, you're going to go to the driving range? No, actually, I've got a uh, golf tour with a few of my friends. Uh, we've got two rounds of golf, uh, one in Hamilton, one in Auckland, playing for the Green Jacket, which uh, the last time I won was about four years ago. My God. I know. That's, yeah. that's big. Yeah, pretty, it's pretty, pretty big. Yeah. Nice. Hope you go well. Nasiwa? Same here. Um, if the sun comes out, I'm going to mow the lawns. Good for you. Goran? Uh, not much. Just I'm um, going to be reffing tomorrow for the under eights. And oh no! Shit! Oh. I hope it's not going to be one of those the controversial ones. <laughs> Mate, last I tell night. you, I tell you, riffing's a hard job. I tell you, I have to, I have to be stern with the kids, man. You will uh, not sort of how old are the kids? Eight and under. <laughs> Mate, there's all sorts of shit going on. I have to tell people off. I quiet parents down on the sidelines. I've had to talk to them. I have to pause the game. Oh um, dear. Kids spitting, um, just not playing nice, and because of flies or because they're pissed off. <laughs> no, just because they see players do it on on TV. So oh, I love cool. how seriously yeah. you take that, Mate. And like the Fair coach, play. I also coach. So, but the rule is you can't. Oh, you, so you coach and I coach ref. and ref. Oh and, my but, dear um, God! The rule is you shouldn't ref if you coach someone else should do it. But I can't find anyone right. every weekend, so they're both. But yeah. Anyway, that's us for this podcast thank you both today if any listeners out there have any questions feel free to submit otherwise get in touch thanks for listening to beyond the field if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please share it with your mates or leave a rating and review to catch all the latest you can follow us on instagram at beyond the field podcast or send us an email at info at beyond the thanks again and we'll see you all next time